Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is now being recorded. Good afternoon. It's Chicky Fitzgerald. It's Friday, February 5th. And I am really pleased to welcome our guest today, Dana Steele. And I have to give just a little bit of background because uh, what uh, I think I shared with Dana when we first spoke is at every egg event, we have a, um, a unique question that we ask at the beginning of uh, the dinner or you know whatever event we've got. And it's always been, what was the first rock concert that you went to? And uh, um, amongst this group, uh, we were actually, most of us were together recently, and I think we had everything from Bobby Sherman to, uh, uh, to the Stones. So with that, Dana, I will have you just give us a, a little bit of your intro and a little bit of your background. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I used to be cool. Uh, I was a rock and roll DJ in Houston for over 20 years and went on to to start several businesses, including the Space Store, which was the first uh, NASA and space-related e-commerce store. Ended up selling that to a NASA contractor and worked with the contractor who did supply missions to the International Space Station for a while. Um, I believe we have somebody on the line from Miami. I'm I'm Cuban by marriage, and spend an <laughs> awful lot of time in Miami. So I'm very Great. jealous. But see, we're going out to eat tonight in Miami because I love that city more, just so much. <laughs> and I I have a, a husband who flies for NASA, who's getting ready to walk in the door and make a whole bunch of noise right in the middle of my radio interview. And um, in fact, we'll do this live, honey. I'm doing a radio interview. There. <laughs> He's used to that after all these years. And, and I was I just have, at Kennedy Space Center all day yesterday, so I thought of him when I was there. Well, there you go. My husband flies the, uh, the 747 that transports right. the shuttle back from California. Wow. And flies the weightless plane, and, and so he's got a pretty cool job, too. Um, we have three kids. My stepson is 21, and I have a 14-year-old. I'm having a sale on him if anyone would like him. <laughs> uh, he'll be 14 tomorrow, and I don't like him right now. Um, and I have a 10-year-old, so, and um, I spend a lot of my time, um, let's see, how do, I, how do I explain what I do now? Part of what I do is I'm a, a motivational business speaker. I speak to sales conferences. I, a lot of you are in travel. I just did uh, the MLT uh, University uh, in St. Paul. Um, I do a speech called Find Your Inner Rock Star. I talk about the four rock star principles, a lot of these rock stars that I was around all those years, uh, actually were extremely brilliant business people, and I learned a lot from them. I'm also a media consultant. I work with individuals, executives, and companies of all sizes to teach them about social media, especially the ones who think they don't need to know anything about it. So that would sum me up. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because Rebecca and I just got back a a few hours ago. We were over at the Largo Chamber of Commerce, which is a one of the beach communities in in uh, the county where St. Pete uh, resides and and also where Clearwater is. And uh, 
I, we had on our, our bio for the company, and one of the things that we wanted to talk about, although that, that wasn't what they called us in for, was, was social, social media and social commerce. And uh, Rebecca and I just had to shake our heads because this guy was talking about, well, you know, why do we need to know this? I mean, we, you know, we get people together and they exchange business cards and they do business and that's how, you know, and they invite somebody and then we get new members. And, you know, I'm, I was just thinking, wow, you know, how, how out of touch um, he is because, you know, I explained to him that they have their weekly things or, or their every other week on okay. you know, Thursday, Thursday mornings at 8 o'clock. And my daughter doesn't go to school until 8.15, so there's no way I can go. But I would like to have some kind of interaction with the, the membership just to find out a little bit about them. So uh, oh, I didn't – I explained to companies and individuals, even if you're not going to use it, you at least have to know how it works and, and check on yourself or check on your company every once in a while. I can tell you a quick, great story. I've been—I just switched my um, my website over to a new domain or a new server. Isn't that fun? That's always <laughs> painful. And one of the things that happened: this new server, their emails, uh, any ma- emails going to SBC Global or ATG.net are blocked. Oh, and they no. said we've tried. We've tried contacting the company. No one will talk to us. We, you know, we've been trying for weeks. So I just tweeted, hey, AT&T, anybody real out there? Help. I'm not a spammer. I got an answer within 53 minutes. Wow. Um, Gave the guy my email. He emailed me, said, send me your problem. Sent him the problem. It was fixed the next morning. And then he called me at noon yesterday to make sure I was okay, which means he had to have gone on my website to get my phone number. Interesting. I, I actually did the same thing with Verizon recently, and I was absolutely amazed how quickly I got it responded to. And that's just it. So that's kind of what I do is I spend a lot of time, yeah. uh, you know, and I've gotten so many leads from social media, and I think everybody on the phone probably knows, you know, you can't use it to say, wow, I just had a blue yogurt. Well, you know, no one cares. <laughs> right. No one cares. But if you've found a great article or you've seen something funny or you have something interesting to say, I love it. I mean, I could just sit here and read interesting things that people have posted on Facebook right. and Twitter. All day long, and I get a lot of leads from it. Exactly. So tell us some of the, before we get into the uh, kind of the, the four rock star principles, which I would love for you to cover, tell us some of the fun fun stories from the early days. And, and uh, you told me a, a little bit about how you kind of got into uh, the business, and, and I think that that would be a, a fun way to start. Well, I actually got into the business on a dare. I'd gone off to college. to, to I went up to college when I was 16. Who knows what they want to do when they're 16? You know, and I had a college ID and an apartment and a car and a boyfriend and a band. I was having a really good time. <laughs> Managed to change my major and my living arrangements every semester for about a year and a half. And, but I just, you know, I knew I, was, I wanted to be successful. I knew I was going to be a rock star at something. I couldn't sing. I couldn't dance. I couldn't play a musical instrument. But by God, I was going to be successful at something. Uh, I loved business. You know, when other kids wanted to go play in the street, I wanted to go play at my dad's office. Um, I like to joke that, you know, a brand new unopened bottle of Whiteout can j- still just, you know, send me over the edge. I love it. <laughs> um, and and I uh, actually um, met a really cute guy that I was hoping would ask me out. You know, I was done with the boyfriend in the band, and this guy was a DJ, and he was like the biggest star I'd ever met. And uh, he was making fun of the new student radio station at Texas A&M, and I thought, well, if I get a job there, he'll think I'm cool and he'll ask me out. Uh, he never asked me out, but I was on the radio for the next 22 years. 
absolutely found my passion, which is the first principle of any successful career of, uh, you know, a rock star in any business. You've got to find that job you love because there's going to be days that aren't great. There's going to be, we all know this, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be the, the poo you have to wade through, so you better love what you're doing. I uh, love so that's that. That's how I got into the business, loved it, um, Filed records, which when I do my speech, if it's people under 30, I have to explain what that means. But I filed records. I was there. I think I was at the radio station 24-7. And I think they finally gave me a full-time shift just so I would go away every once in a while. Had a ball. (laughs) Hung out with Van Halen. Hung out with the Rolling Stones. ZZ Top. Sammy Hagar. I mean, that was my life for 20 years. It It was great fun. And had a ball. And... I went on to do I went on to do some television, which I thought I always wanted to do, and I hated it because no one hears a word you say. They're more concerned with how your bangs look that day, and hated that. And I came from 20 years of ad living, so reading a teleprompter was like being duct taped to the chair. Um, <laughs> hated that. Went back into radio for a while. Did talk radio. Fell in love with talk radio. Uh, ended up leaving that though and starting the Space Store. And then somebody actually talked to me several years ago into going back into radio in 2005 to do a business show. And after a year of that, I decided I was tired of talking about business and I wanted to do business again. But in the meantime, people began asking me to, to come speak to business groups, and I, I, was, I was awful. I was terrible. They were bored. I was bored. Everybody was bored. And to put people out of their misery earlier, I, just, I would stop early and say, does anybody have any questions? And it never failed. The sternest-looking, meanest-looking, most bored-looking businessman in the back would either stand up or raise his hand and say something like, did you ever meet Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> and that's when I realized I, I, I wanted to get my points across, but these people still wanted to hear the rock stories. Right. So I found a way to combine the two and make my points. And so was that when you wrote your book? That's when I started to write the book. The book is uh, Rock to the Top, What I Learned About Success from the World's Greatest Rock Stars. And I, and I break it down into 10 chapters, branding and marketing, appreciation, knowledge. I, I, I do break it down to the four principles, I think, that actually hold up your stage, which is passion, knowledge, networking, and appreciation. If you're not practicing all four of those every day, it doesn't matter you know, who you hire, what your equipment is, what your branding, what your marketing, it's all going to fall off your stage if, if you don't have those, those corners secured. And, and you know, watching some of these guys, for example, Mick Jagger, most people don't know this. Mick Jagger fired the manager of the Rolling Stones in 1971 and with a partner has managed the band ever since. And they're like a Fortune 500 company. Um, most bands, the tour accountant and the tour promoter will settle the show while the band is on stage. More often than not, Mick Jagger settles the show before he goes on stage, which is why I tell people that's why he walks that way because he knows he just made a million dollars for an hour's work. <laughs> um uh, You'd walk that story. way too, right? Yeah, I think we would all walk that way if we knew we'd just cleared a million dollars cash. Thank you very much. Um, and, and all these guys are, look at Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons has come, become somewhat of a caricature of himself with Family Jewels and the Celebrity Apprentice and all the stuff he's doing. But he is a brilliant businessman. And, and I sometimes speak to high schools and colleges, and I love to point out to them because they all know who he is. They all know who he is now, you know, thanks to, to television. They all know who, who Kiss is still famous. They're still selling a billion records. Uh, you know, they're still like the world's richest garage band. Um, but I love to tell these people, Gene Simmons has never done a drug in his life. He has never been high a day in his life. 
he rarely drinks. He'll have a glass of wine every once in a while, but for the most part, he's a, he's a Diet Coke man. But, I mean, here's one of the biggest rock stars. Never gotten high a day in his life. He, he probably sleeps four hours a night. He reads everything he can get his hands on, and he's a brilliant businessman. The ones that have lasted, the ones that have stayed, Bon Jovi, uh, Mick Jagger, um, uh, John Mellencamp, you look at all of these people, they all have one thing in common, and that is that they're extremely brilliant business people, and they treat it like a business. They have fun. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to people. There are sex, drugs, and rock and roll, um, but, but they treat it like a business. And, and I think that's, that was the message I felt like I really needed to get across to people, is that whether you want to be a rock star in a band or you want to be a rock star in business is that it doesn't just happen. It really does take right. all of these elements and a lot of hard work. So so you said number one is to find your passion. So what, what's the second point? Uh, knowledge. You have to continue learning. You have to. Uh, I, I, Gene Simmons was actually talking to a group of entrepreneurs in New York. It was a couple of years ago now, but they asked him, what is the one thing you attribute your success to? And he said, I read. And then about a year ago, I was reading, um, reading a, an article in Fortune magazine, I think it was, with Warren Buffett. And when a college student asked him what was the one thing he attributed his success to, he said the same thing. I read. That's how I find companies I want to invest in. And I always challenge people in my speeches. All of us travel. We're, all, you know, we're at least at the grocery store once a week. You're always walking past a newsstand. Pick up a magazine. This is my challenge. Pick up a magazine on a subject that you either don't like or know nothing about. For me, that would be NASCAR. I'm sorry to all the NASCAR fans. I just don't <laughs> get it. But having picked up a NASCAR magazine and read it from you know beginning to end, those are some of the most brilliant marketing minds. You know, they took a dirty, loud sport that hardly anybody went to see and turned it into the biggest profit-making sport you could ever imagine. And with the greatest um, loyalty, I think, of any. Yes, fan anywhere. loyalty, customer loyalty. They have it and all that branding. And so I always challenge people, pick up a magazine. I mean, for God's sakes, we've got to get to the airport three hours early now and take all our clothes off. There's nothing else to do. Might as well pick up a magazine and learn something. And I didn't play Stairway to Heaven or Freebird any different than any other DJ. I wasn't giving a different weather report. I was playing the same music. I was reading the same liner cards. But what I did was read everything I could get my hands on so that I always had a little, you know, a little aside to add or a little tidbit or, you know, when, when the record started skipping, another thing I have to explain to people under 30, um, <laughs> I had something to talk about when something broke. And it also gave me, it gave me um, the interesting. So the next one is, is networking, right? Relay, I saw Billie Jean King, the tennis great, speak one time and she got up at the mic, said her thank yous, and the audience got really quiet, and she looked out, and she said, relationships are everything. And, that, and that's all she said. And she just stood there, and everybody just kind of looked at her, and I just, I just smiled. I loved it. It was like, relationships are everything. They're your personal life. They're your business life. Right. Everything you do is, is, is based on a relationship you have. And and. You know, we used to call it schmoozing. I had no idea I was networking when I was 21 years old. I thought I was hanging out and schmoozing with the rock stars. But I got out there and I, I, I worked it. I constantly was meeting people uh, long before we had 
PDAs and iPhones and trios and Blackberries. I was collecting phone numbers and names, and I kept in touch with people. I still I do that to this day. My husband says, I don't collect, you know, I don't collect things. I collect people. And I do because they fascinate me, and everybody has a story from, the, from, from Bill Gates down to the guys that's picking me up in the cab at LaGuardia. Everybody's got a great story if you can just pull it out of them. And, and when you talk to people and you cultivate these relationships, it's just amazing where they might take you later on in life. And, and I like to say one of the most important things about networking is doing things for other people without expecting anything in return, without expecting you know, anything reciprocal, without expecting a customer or a lead or just do it because it's the right thing to do. When David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, um, I like to say, was a, was a, he was a, a guest of the great state of Texas for about eight months and four days. And, and when he got out of prison, he was in a halfway <laughs> house here in Houston. And his manager called me and said, you know, David needs a dentist and a doctor and a chiropractor, whatever. This is my hometown. He said, I've called a, I've called a few people and no one will help me unless I can guarantee them um, an exclusive interview with David Crosby. And he said, you gotta, you got to remember, this is the first time David's been sober since he was 12 years old. He's terrified. He just got out of prison. He looks like hell. He's in a halfway house. He's not talking to anybody. And, you know, of course I'm going to help. It's what you do. Right. Long story short, David and I became friends. We became very good friends. The first time Crosby, Stills, and Nash came through um, to perform after he got out of prison as a band again, he called me and he said, there's a bunch of astronauts who want to come to the, the show. I don't have time to coordinate this. Can you do it? And, and, and you guys have to remember, a- astronauts are still engineers. It's like herding cats. <laughs> they can find the space station, but they cannot find the will call window. So I got all these astronauts I'm taking with me. And one of them's husband was out of town, so she brought one of the pilots who loves Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And that would be Charlie. Um, and, and I'm Mrs. Charlie Justice. So, I mean, you never cool. know when you help somebody. I, I promise you, you know, tomorrow, next week, next year, in my case, 10 years later, it, it all comes back. It all Absolutely. comes back to you. You've got to help people. And then, and then the fourth one is appreciation. We all too often forget to say thank you. We forget to say thank you. You know, we may thank our best customers, but we don't thank our vendors. Right. Um, we may thank our superiors, but we don't thank the, the the janitor. I had a gift for the lady that sweeps the floors at my post office because she's the only person I see every morning in my pajamas at 7 o'clock. I drop a child off for uh, the bus, and then I go check my P.O. box, and I always see her. Her name is Martha. We always say, hi, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? Have a good day. That's it. Every day. Five days a week, every day. She wasn't there one day when I had a gift for her, and I, I rung the buzzer, and I said, where's Martha? And they went, who's Martha? And oh, I said, no. See, that makes my point. She's been sweeping around your feet for years, and, you know, they didn't even know her name. Um, you've got to say, you got to say thank you. And the, you know what? The number one most powerful tool every single one of us has in any business is the ability to write a thank you note, and fewer and fewer people are doing it. Right. I got people that do business with me because I wrote them a thank you note 30 years ago. I still, to this day, I write thank you notes, 
and and you can say thank you. You know, you can call, you can tweet, you can text, you can IM, you can email. The lovely, whatever. But none of it counts as much as as when you take the time to get a piece of paper and an envelope and a stamp and handwrite the address and hand, and I'm not even typed, not even right. put through your computer, just a handwritten couple of lines. Thank you. That was great. It's just something about it's magical when people open it because nobody does. I have people that well, call, yeah, because call me nobody and, gets mail anymore. Well, no, and I have people bill. that thank me all the time for a thank you note. It's like crazy. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny, Dana, because again, you know, Rebecca and I had a lot of time in the car today, and we were talking uh, about how we've gotten so electronic. And and we do rely on electronic communication, and we don't take time to be face to face, voice to voice. And and I was saying to her, for me, 2010 is the year of the relationship because I we've got to get back to the place where we do know what's going on in the lives of the Marthas. And and uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I was talking about the executive girlfriends group and all the women that we have, and and we've got a lot of people going through a lot of things. Um, you know, I mean, just this week, one of our one of our regulars, uh, her company was shut down. The the uh, their fund uh, funding source just decided he wasn't going to fund the company anymore. And so, I mean, here's somebody who's been on the phone for, uh, you know, the the better part of the last three months with us every week. She's not here today. But, you know, I mean, we need to be calling her and, and to find out. And, and, you know, I mean, clearly I know a lot of people have, have dropped her an email. But, you know, I, th- I think you're right. Just Just reminding people that we're there for them, thanking them, you know, whatever it is. And I think that that really, really makes a difference. Well, and you know, another thing, uh, you know, and on the other hand, when I was talking about networking, um, and that's doing things for others, asking people, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you? Another thing that we all forget is that the only people who can read our minds are our mothers. Otherwise, <laughs> no one, and, and you know, and it's human nature to want to see a happy ending. It's human nature for the most part that people want to help you. They want to see you succeed. But if they don't know what you want and they don't know what you need, they don't read your mind. You have to tell people, hey, I'm looking for a job. Hey, I'm looking for a lead. Hey, do you know anybody? I just put a thing on Facebook the other day and said, hey, does anybody know um, who's, uh, who's hiring speakers for events and client events and employee events at Halliburton? I hear they hire speakers. I would be great. Does anybody know? You know, I'd... I, I don't feel bad asking. I've got 2,200 friends on Facebook. Damn it, somebody's got to know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, um, but if I don't ask, and, and, you know, and I got several answers back that were, I don't know, but I do know that at you know, XYZ company, this person is hiring. Let me introduce you. You have to tell people what it is you do and what it is you need. Right. That, that is so, so true. So what what is it um, about? I mean, were these the characteristics that you observed in in the rock stars that you have said were the best businessmen that you you have seen? And and what other? You gave us the the example uh, about the one um, you know who who did a lot of reading. What what about these other things? Who who is the uh, Sammy Hagar? Sammy Hagar was them? another great one. Um, I got to know Sammy and his manager really well when Sammy was a solo artist. And his manager kind of became my godfather, my mentor for years. So, you know, it was fun. It was great. When I was bored, I'd go out on the road with Van Halen for the weekend and hang out and, you know, 
let them pay for everything. And it was great, but it was also always so amazing to me to watch Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is another one of those. He worked so hard. He's up at 6 a.m. doing morning radio shows, and then he was involved in every decision from what you know the, the, the T-shirt design to the song list to any business decisions that had to be made. He was going out to lunch and schmoozing with program directors and the record people. Then he was, um, you know, then he was at Soundcheck, and then he was doing the afternoon drive show, and and then he would get to the the, the venue and he would do an interview beforehand, and then after the show, he'd spend an hour with the fans. I have no idea when this man slept. And and Sammy's another one that didn't get high. Sammy didn't get high. Um, he just sold his tequila company for $83 million. Um, man doesn't even drink tequila. He's a wine connoisseur. Um, so here was another guy that, I mean, it was just he worked it. And when he would come into the control room, he would have done his homework. It is so important. That, that comes under that knowledge thing that if you're going to be talking, for example, you, you invited me on the show today. You didn't invite me on the show and not go read my bio and not go read, you know, look on my website to see what I've been doing. But so many people, I see that over and over again. They don't do their homework before a meeting, before an event, before, you know, it's to the point now before you go to a friend's cocktail party, you can Google everybody that's going to be there and find out right. all kinds of things. You can Google anybody. And Sammy could come into a control room and, and he could keep my listeners. My listeners were my customers. If my show got boring, my customers left. Right. And my ratings went down and that was the end of my show. I loved to have people like Sammy Hagar because Sammy would read. That was, you know, back in, the, back in the good old days when we actually had two newspapers that were more than four, paper, you know, four pages long. Sammy would, he would read both newspapers. He would know what was going on in the national news. He would know what was going on in show business. The man could talk about anything and be entertaining. And I tell people all the time, you, people say to me, oh, I am so busy. I don't have time to watch the news. I don't have time to read the headlines. You know what? You don't have time not to. Right. How can you do business and, and even begin to function if you don't know what's going on in the world around you, whether it's you know, Haiti or your Toyota or, you know, the space program. Just all of us have the ability to read the top headlines on our phone in, you know, 60 seconds. It's You have to know what's going on around you. Right. Can you tell that's my real soapbox thing is people who don't <laughs> know what's going on in the news. That just, that just makes you want to so pull tell my us hair how out. how you really feel, Dana. <laughs> you know, my sister-in-law, she's like this amazing a pediatric physical therapist and she just does this amazing work with kids but she doesn't have a clue what's going on in the world and I'm like you have got to do you ah, drives me crazy <laughs> well it's easy to have happen when when you're when you do have young kids because uh, I know in my household when my kids were younger uh, whenever the TV was on you know it was Disney Channel or it was uh, that's uh, when I tell people to take the phone I tell people, take the phone to the bathroom with you. If that's the only place that you're alone, take the phone and at least read the headlines when you're in the potty. <laughs> I think that's a great that's a great example. Actually, I love I love the idea about picking up a magazine uh, of something that you don't know about as well. And, you know, I find I used to travel all the time, and that was when I would, uh, you know, pick up four or five magazines, and I, I would scour them. Uh, you know, on on my flight. Now I haven't been traveling as much, so uh, I re realized about myself when you said that that it's been an awful long time since I have done that. 
Well, we all get into our, our, our comfort zones. And, you know, the more you step out of that comfort zone and the more you go out and, and meet people at different events and the more you, uh, for example, when, I, when, when I'm speaking, I will, I will say to people, I will, I'll go up to tables at these big conference luncheons and say, okay, how many of you here know each other? And they'll all raise their hand. I'm like, then what's the point of coming across the country to go to a conference? You know, you've got to, next time you go to a conference, find a table full of people you don't know and say, I'd like to sit here. I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna be away from your family and spend all that money and go to a conference, you know, get out there and meet new people. Get out of that comfort zone. And it just, I think that's why I've been able to do so many things is because I didn't just stick with the rock and roll people. I didn't just, I got out and met everybody and did everything. And I still do. And I have a ball doing it. Um, the only problem with that is that every couple of years I have to go to Charlie and go, you know, I'm going to change my career again. <laughs> <laughs> and does he roll his eyes or does he say, okay, Dana? Usually it starts with me getting up at 2 in the morning, having a brilliant idea and jumping onto the computer, and here's my fingers flying across the keyboard, and his first thought is, oh, God, we're starting another company. Oh, no, help me. He's kind of I, was, used to I it resemble that almost, remark. <laughs> we're almost 20 no kidding. Years, but now he's now he's kind of like, whatever, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, uh, does anybody have a, a question that they'd like to pose to Dana? I've scared them all. I have. I've no. done them. I have one for you. It's Carolyn in Miami. Any uh, Bruce Springsteen quotes you can tell us? Or Oh, gosh. I always refer to him as my fantasy fiancé. Ah, me too. <laughs> I love Springsteen. No, I just had the opportunity to, you know, he's he's not a real schmoozer. He's he's not one of those that wants to hang out after the show. He's a pretty serious guy. Um, right. He does have his funny side. He didn't do a lot of hanging. Um, I've been around him. He's pretty pretty quiet around people he doesn't know. Um. One of one of the astronauts is a drummer, and he plays in the... The astronauts actually have a rock band. They're really bad, but who cares? They've been to space. Um, and he's really good fin- friends with Max Weinberg. So we oh. we all went as Max's guest um, to a show. It must have been about five or six years ago, and it was great. We went early. We got to see Soundcheck, which was just, you know... Carolyn, you could appreciate this. I'm sitting in the venue about 20 rows back in the center of the seating, and no one's there but me watching. I'm just like grinning ah. from ear to my <laughs> language, friggin' ear. I was just like, oh, my God, it's me and Bruce. Look at her. You know? Oh, and my we were, God. We were all eating dinner backstage later, and it was really funny because we had Danny Federici and, 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 and little Steven. Oh. And, uh, and they, they come up to the table with their trays like high school they come up to the table with their trays and go, oh, we heard you're an astronaut and you're a pilot. Can we sit here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was so funny because it was like the pilot, you know, Charlie and, 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 and um, the astronaut were like awed by the band and the band was awed by the, the, you know, the pilot and the astronaut. And I just sat there eating, laughing. It was like this just, this is just one of those things that, you know, you just have to kind of be here. <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds a tad bit surreal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was one of those, you know, and I've had so many of those moments. Um, I talk about in the in the chapter on appreciation, I talk about how I learned about appreciation from Billy Idol. You know, not necessarily a good businessman. Yes, has done every drug he's ever seen. 
Um, but he 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 played Southern Star Amphitheater. This is before the theme parks were doing the whole band thing. And, mm-hmm. and Astral World in Houston was one of the first ones to try it. And I swear to God, they literally cut a hole in the back fence, put a stage in the field full of red ants, got a couple of porta potties and a trailer for the band, and went amphitheater. You know, because they weren't real sure if it was going to work, so they didn't want to spend a whole lot of money. Well, Billy Idol played, broke all attendance records. Management was so blown away. One o'clock in the morning, they turned on all the rides and lights at the water park next door, Waterworld. Gave Billy and his entourage, I was part of it, there were 13 of us, bathing suits and towels, and said, thank you, have fun. So for two hours, we oh, had, wow. I mean, to this day, when we walk in a water park, my children will turn around and go, we, we know, just stop, just don't even say it, we know. <laughs> but it is more fun with only 13 people. <laughs> so no it, has, it has been these surreal moments, but I've, I've taken things from them, Um. Uh, Van Halen, uh, there was there was a young, there was a 17-year-old boy. He was getting ready to turn 18 here in Houston. It was in the mid-'80s, and he had cystic fibrosis. And it was, a, it was at a time when, when CF patients really didn't live to, to see 18. So they did a big article with him in the paper, and I read the article, and he was, everyone saw that he was quoting his favorite rock band. They never said who it was, but I recognized the lyrics as Van Halen lyrics. And Van Halen was coming to town in a few weeks, so I called you know, Ed, the manager, and said, we got, we got to do something for this kid. So they had it all set up. He was coming as their guest. They had um, they had a, a nurse and oxygen on standby because that was when you could still smoke in the building. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that wasn't going to be good for Kevin. By the way, the building is now Lakewood Church with Joel Osteen. I did send him a copy of the book, and I inscribed it. Most of the stories in this book happened in your church. <laughs> 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 I did just get a form letter back, but there you go. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Um, Kevin got really sick and had to go back into Texas Children's Hospital um, the day before the band came into town. So I called the band, you know, called Ed, said he's not coming to the show. Thank you anyway. And the day of the show, when Van Halen, who were the biggest band on the charts at the time, they were traveling with seven semis worth of equipment. They were number one on the charts. They blew off soundcheck and went to the hospital and spent two hours with Kevin. Uh, Eddie Van Halen had a guitar for him, taught him how to play guitar, Kevin died about two and a half weeks after that. Oh. And, and, and I found out Sammy had been calling him every day to see how he was oh, wow. and was also negotiating with the hospital to replace the teddy bear wallpaper with Van Halen posters. <laughs> um, mm. it, you know, and, and what I learned from that was, I mean, you just you do the right thing. You just do things sometimes because it's the right thing to do. Um, the Kevin's dad is still, you know, a part of my life. We were just talking a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's the story I love to end my speech with because it does touch people. And, and, and I also want to show people that, I mean, you can make such an impression. Here I am, what, 25 years later, still talking about it and, and, and putting the pictures of it in my book. But also, I mean, the rest of my rock radio career, if I had four minutes left and it was between a Van Halen and Sammy Hagar record or another record, who do you think got played every time? Wow. You know, it was them because I always was giving back to them. So it was, it was these kind of surreal moments where you just kind of sit there um, and, and, and because and cause it's just us women, you know, I've seen some stuff also in radio that I've seen John Wayne Bobbitt's penis, ladies. 
<laughs> See? That always stuns everybody. What? <laughs> he took it on tour. I called Charlie. I don't think we were married yet. I was like, would you mind if I looked? And he, he goes, what? <laughs> I said, no one else has called to ask that question, have they? But he said, sure, go ahead, look, it's history. So, I mean, I've just seen some of the most bizarre things that have been around. I've played pool with, with Keith Richards and his dad, who looked like just an older version of Keith Richards. Keith Richards looked dead. His dad looked actually healthy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to watch these people, they just, you know, they all had a true, incredible passion for what they do. Um, but they also got out there and worked it. Interesting. Um, you know, Dana, I, I saw that you had uh, one of the things in in your bio is that you started a a, a uh, I don't know whether it was just a, a website or a, a a an organization called Smart Girls Rock, and uh, I I just love that because I happen to have have a, a smart little eleven year old girl. So uh, you know, some of the the sayings of of the things that can be put on a a hoodie or a shirt or a, a, a mouse pad, etc. Um, are, are very very cool. Uh, one of them is, you know, smart is the new cool, and you know, smart girls rock. And my know, favorite Madam one President. is, is uh, my favorite one is Geek Goddess. Ah, that is good. That, that is one, all, you good. know, when I was running the space store, we actually for a short period of time we had we were we were e-commerce first, and then we added brick and mortar. And um, people used to come in all the time, and 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 they would say, oh, this is so cool. I'm so glad I found you. Now, where can I go get something for a girl? And that would just send me over the edge. You know, they would get a 20-minute dissertation from me on how Eileen Collins is commanding the space shuttle and, you know, women are astronauts too, and your daughter has a better chance of becoming an astronaut than a princess, so please buy her a science kit, not a tiara. And somewhere in all of that, we created a hat that people still wanted something pink. I am not a pink girl, so I don't even (laughs) think about it. But people would come in and go, do you have anything pink? And I was like, oh, God. So I finally made up a pink hat that had the NASA logo on the front, and then the back of it, at the last minute, we embroidered Smart Girls Rock. And everybody just loved it. So I, I bought the, you know, the URL and just kind of sat on it for a while. And it's been through a few incarnations. At one point when my son started middle school, I um, uh, had a class full of girls that I worked with twice a week who wrote blogs for it. But now it's become strictly a product line. Um, it's smartgirlsrock.com. And it, but it is, the, the ulterior motive is still to make smart the new cool and to encourage you know, math and science and engineering. The United States used to be number one in all of those, and we're not. And, and that's pretty scary to me. Right, right. Well, do we have any other uh, questions for Dana? I want to know where Carolyn's going to eat in Miami. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going in Weston, where I live, which is a little further north, but uh, we're going to an Italian restaurant by us. Okay. No, no Cuban sandwich. No, but I did Cuban a couple of times this week because I was in Miami. We had a big group here in Miami, so we did uh, some of the good Cuban restaurants this week during the week. Yeah. But I'm going tomorrow. To, I'm going yeah, to. You know, of course, my mother-in-law cooks, but then we have to go to the Latin American and Hialeah and, you know. <laughs> cool. I've got a question. This is Carolyn on the other coast, um, and and that is, Danny, you've gave, given us some great examples of of what works and and what's helped make you helped to make you successful. Any um, any wisdom or advice on on what to stay away from or or uh, difficult uh, situations that you recovered out of? Uh, 
You know, I always go with my gut. I always have. And I, I remember one of the DJs saying to me once, you know, you don't hang out with us all night. You're not any fun. It's like I think we all know deep down inside, you know, people that are wasting our time, projects that are wasting our time. But people are always so scared what other people are going to think. Oh, I better go hang out all night or they're going to think I'm not cool or as my son said the other day, when everybody starts turning their papers in, I turn mine in because I don't want them to think I'm different. And I think that's what really holds people back in anything they do is they don't want to appear different. They don't want to stand out. They, 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 they don't want to say, you know what, no, I don't think that's right. They don't want to speak up. Um, you got to get out of that limbing mentality. And, and and to be quite honest, there were, you know, I did start to get into the, uh, in, in, into the bad substances for a while there because they were in such plentiful supply and free, um, two really, really dangerous things. Um, but even then, after a while, I thought, you know what, I can't do this. I, again, I want to be a rock star. I want to be good at something. I know I have to get some discipline and walk away from this stuff. And I did. I walked away from friends. I walked away from the drugs. I walked away. I completely changed um, who I was hanging out with and where I was hanging out. Um, and a lot of people thought I was uncool for doing that. You just, you have to do it. And, and it takes discipline. There's no, there's no magic pill to anything. And all of us know that. I mean, there's a bunch of successful women on this phone call. We know that. But more than anything, it takes discipline. You have to make, you know, you have to get up an hour earlier and make those calls and write that report. Most of us have been successful because we we do have that discipline. And I want to know, Carolyn and Sausalito, do you know Pat Shea? No, I don't. Okay, well, I don't have to hook you two up. She has a, she has a, um, she works with food companies. She has, she does food PR. And it's called Vittle Information. I love that name. It does sound like a great name. I'll be <laughs> connected. Okay, so any great. Any other questions? Well, Dana, it has just been terrific. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's so interesting that we have so many so many parallels in our life since we're doing work for Kennedy Space Center in Delaware North, and that's who you sold your uh, – your product too, and I, I spend a, an awful lot of time over there. I, if if the shuttle weren't going off at four in the morning, I would I would be there um, for this next one because it's one of the only uh, I think it's the only nighttime one uh, that is going to happen between now and when they're they're uh, closing down the shuttle program. So yeah, everybody go see a shuttle launch if you can before they stop because it is a spectacular sight to see. Absolutely, and we happen to have a, a an in in doing that since uh, one of our egg board members is the director of sales and marketing for Kennedy Space Center. So that uh, that is something that everyone can do if they'd like to. Just uh, let let Annette know. Well, All be right, guys. So, uh, when when you're at the Cape for the launch, go to Roberto's. Great restaurant. Oh, really? I'll have to try that out. All righty. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, terrific, Dana. I'll be talking to you. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, okay, Dana. Take care. All right, let me turn off the recording. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.